Welcome to the Airborne Youth Podcast. Today, you'll be hearing a message from Josh McGreedy. Who wants an encounter with God in the next 40 minutes? Oh, man. Oh, I think Jesus has two hands up right now because he wants to encounter you. Come on. Let's get ready. All right. So you guys have heard a lot of my stories, but I want to start with this one. I had a dream in the middle of the night, um, and there was a bullseye, you know, like you do archery. And in the very middle of the bullseye, there were numbers. It said five colon six, six colon five. And I'm totally asleep, okay? Who's that? Angels? Glory? God? Green? Okay, springtime. Okay, so I'm totally asleep, and this guy, he points at the bullseye, and he stares at me like this is a message for you. And uh, this has never happened in my life, but I, I'm totally asleep, and I sit up. As I'm coming up, my eyes are just opening. I say, Matthew, real loud. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like God's puppet. Like he put his hand inside me. He's like, Matthew. You know? So I got up, and I said, what is Matthew 5, 6? And I go there, and it says this. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And 6.5 is this. It says, when you pray, don't go out in public to it. Go in secret, and my Father will reward you. And so, guys, tonight, I, I'm not, this is not religion. I'm not just some guy talking here, and you have to close your ears. I'm telling you, the living God is in front of you. He's been in front of you all day, and I want to... Uh, through the truth of the gospel, open that door in front of you so that you have an encounter with God by the time you leave tonight, and it does not end, and it doesn't end tomorrow morning. And I want to talk about how to be satisfied. I mean, deeply satisfied. You know, there's a song written by the Rolling Stones, and you know what it was? I can't get no satisfaction. You know? And um, I've watched people do all sorts of things to try to be satisfied. I've watched them change their hairstyle, change their clothing style, move across the country, change their job, change their friends, and it never adds up. At the end of the day, they're still just as dissatisfied, and they'll become a chameleon over and over again, trying to reach something deep inside them. So um, I want to talk about this, that poverty isn't just you have no money. Guys, first, poverty is a mentality. It is actually a mentality that lives in you. Um, it's a belief system. So from here, I'm going to do a quick pivot, okay? And I want to say this, that having all in wonder toward God, if it's an obligation in your life, you don't understand it. All in wonder toward God is involuntary. If you actually see him, you'll be like, oh my gosh, you'll hit your knees and say, God, you're amazing, you're wonderful. So I want to break every religious bone in your body where you think you have to have all and wonder from God. What you have to do is actually see him like he is and let it impact you. So um, I'm going to go Old Testament, okay? So in the Old Testament, they had, Moses goes up on the mountain, God gives him instructions, and he says, I got it, guys. God told me what to do. I'm going to get a box. I'm going to cover it with gold. He said, I'm going to put the Ten Commandments inside of it. There's going to be two angels on top of it. And above, uh, th these angels will have their wings out. And above those wings, 
I will rest. I'm going to call that place the mercy seat, and from there I'm going to speak to you. It sounds like a strange way to do things, but guys, that box decided the course of the entire human history. That when they carried that box into the River Jordan and they put their, their feet into the water, the water went and rolled back because of what was on top of that box in the mercy seat. The way that they responded to that box and the mercy seat defined the entire destiny of that nation. There was enough power inside of that box to make the greatest nation the earth had ever seen named Israel. And it was, it was so powerful that David said, you know what I want to do? I want to get the box. I want to put it in here. And I don't want to sing a song like once a week. He said, I want 24-7. I'm going to hire hundreds and hundreds of musicians, and I want them to worship God who's sitting right there in the mercy seat. And then David said this. He said, God, you've done so much for me. He said, I want to build you a house. You know what the house was for? It was for that box. To date, it is the most expensive structure that has ever been built, price per square foot. Because of that box, the greatest power the universe has ever known rested above that mercy seat. It was so scary. One time, one guy, he saw the box was falling, and he reached out to try to save it, and boom, instant ticket to heaven. He died. Yeah. So one time a year after they built the house and everything, one guy would go in before the box and he'd sprinkle blood on the box. And it was it was so powerful. It was so mighty that um, they had to tie a rope to his leg in case he died. That is powerful. Well, listen, I want you to understand something. The moment that Jesus said it is finished, see, this was inside the temple and there was a veil and once a year someone went back. When Jesus says it is finished and he died, that veil tore. And that holy presence of God that was there at the mercy seat left from that place. There's no Jewish temple anymore. There's no Ark of the Covenant anymore. Do you know why it left? It wasn't to go back to heaven. It was so that power and person could rest inside of you. You know, guys, we only interact with the God that we know. Um, have you ever lost your keys? And you look all over. I do it all the time. I mean, like, it's crazy. I lose my keys. And then I look all over. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then Sarah comes in and says, check your pocket. And I'm like, Sarah, I know they're not in my pocket. And then I go, oh, shoot. And I quick throw them on the couch. I'm like, here they are. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> well, guys, what if, what if this? Look it. This is all about what you're aiming for. What if... You had the greatest gift in the world, but you never unwrapped it. It would be like you had nothing. 
It would be as if you had absolutely nothing. So you interact with a God you know and not with a God you don't. You know, this is in Ephesians, Paul. He says, I pray that you guys would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You know why? That's so you can interact with, with the God who is. Because we can't always see him. So, you know, it says in, in Luke 17, everyone, the Pharisees are asking, well, when the kingdom comes, because they knew the kingdom was coming and the king was coming. They said, well, how's it going to come? And Jesus says, he says, um, it's not going to come in an observed way. That you're not going to say, oh, here it is over here or there it is over there. Then he says this. He said, behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, this was like a mega shift for them because, you know, they thought Jesus would come back, um, Judy chop the Romans and, you know, take over and, and be like another David. Judy chop West Virginia ninja. Yeah. Ninja chop Judy chop. Yeah, karate chop. Okay. Um, but what, God, what if the very thing you need is not outside of you, but inside of you, but you're not looking in the right place? You know, I don't... This building is not God's dream come true. It's not. It's just a building. There's plenty of buildings in the earth. There's plenty of buildings in the world. Ready? This is, this is a whopper. Get ready. All right. Ready for this? What if the purpose for church was not to receive, but to release? Poverty is a mentality. You don't need airborne. You don't need me. What if your purpose for coming Wednesday is I can't wait to go in there and pull the pin and release the presence of God? That would be wild. You know, um, God, he doesn't give you enough. What God gives you, this is the truth. I'm telling you, God gives you too much. He doesn't give you enough. Even right now, this very second, He's not giving you enough. He's giving you too much. David said, my cup is overflowing. God does not have a day of lack. There doesn't, there's not a day where he's not pouring himself out into you. And so, guys, I'm coming against this thing because you know why? A Jesus movement is happening. Not an airborne movement is happening, but a Jesus movement where you are not. What if the enemy tempted you into reaching here at airborne? rather than feasting on God everywhere you go. And there's a mentality shift that's necessary for us to fulfill our destinies. So, I think we're getting a download. You know, we got these words about a Jesus movement. Ben and I and Hannah and Ethan, we had these prayer meetings. And we're saying, God, show us how to do a Jesus movement. Show us what it looks like to actually fulfill this promise. What is the truth? What is the language that creates this culture where each person uh, can walk with Jesus? And so, guys, I feel like it's this. Remember, it's all about an encounter with God. It's about relationship. 
and I, this is like the third or fourth time I'm talking about it, but you know when you hear something once, once it doesn't change you. It's the repetition that changes your mind and makes something real to you. You know, and I spoke on this uh, last time, Jeremiah uh, 31, 34, and it says, and uh, no one's going to teach their neighbor or their brother or their, or their sister saying, no, God, for each one will know me. Each one will know me. See, I, I see a future where people are more connected to Jesus than they are their church. I'm not saying they're not committed to their church. I'm saying they don't call it the life source. They call Jesus their life source. It's a wild, dangerous thing, but I'm telling you, it's what's coming. You know, eternal life, it, it says, what's, what's eternal life? It says, knowing God and the one he sent is Jesus. Um, and this doesn't mean that you never die. I mean, everyone doesn't die. You either go to heaven forever or you go to hell forever. But eternal life is this, is that the very, what it actually looks like to be alive. You know, it's the spirit and life that was in Jesus. It says that the second Adam was a life-giving spirit. So eternal life is this. It's having so much of the Holy Spirit so often that you're not unsatisfied. You're not walking in fear. You're not saying, oh, I got to go to church and get filled up. That you are connected to him and you're flowing with God. I had a, a dream recently, and I was in a prison in Mexico, and there were all these inmates, and they, you know, they didn't get enough, they didn't get shelter, they didn't get food, and I was telling them, I said, don't you understand? I said, it is impossible to be satisfied from the outside. If you had all the money in the world, you could not be satisfied from the outside. The only way someone can be satisfied is from the inside. See, I remember when I first experienced eternal life. I was 26 years old. Um, you know, I was, had all these friends in high school, and uh, they were smart. I was smart in a way. <laughs> Everybody's smart in a way. I've been playing Russell with my wife and Hannah. Hannah, where are you? Okay. And uh, they kill me. You guys know what Russell is? It's like a word game. I get destroyed. I feel like I, I feel like I should be in the special. I should drive the short bus or something. But um, so anyway, I don't know why I'm saying that. Okay, I experienced eternal life. I had all these friends, and all of a sudden, you know, I get these concussions and I'm stuck, and uh, I get depressed. I live on painkillers. I lived in my mom's basement. That's not a big deal to you now, but just wait. Okay. <laughs> I was 26 years old. I had painkillers. I had a part-time job. All of my friends, they were buying their second home. They were getting their doctorates. They were professors. They had brand new cars. I had like a 1991 Nissan Sentra. Guys, I just felt like the biggest loser. I felt pathetic. I was like, man, I'm never going to get married. Look at me. I should be ashamed about myself. And in my mom's basement, eternal life came to me. And it wasn't from the outside. It was from the inside. And it was from a personal encounter with God. And all of a sudden, I had more joy and hope than all of them put together. Eternal life is not your circumstances. Externally, nothing changed in my life. 
But I had an inward encounter and an infilling relationship that lifted me up out of that place. You know, I just want to make it very clear. Eternal life is knowing him. It's not becoming popular. It's not becoming more beautiful. It's not becoming bigger. It's not becoming stronger. It's not getting straight A's. That there is something that's before you that is your life truly focused on him. Like it was for Daniel, like it was for Samuel, like it was for David. And I just feel like I have to preach this or the cross is going to be emptied of its power. Because it doesn't change your circumstances. It changes your interior world. And if you guys are waiting for your circumstances to change, I mean, it's, it can happen, but that's not our hope. And so, guys, here it is. You know, with Instagram and this whole world, the temptation in your life is this, is to live from the outside in. To compare yourself to somebody else or your friend was mean to you and all these other things that you're actually letting dictate you when they're never supposed to be the thing that fills you up. The most friends in the world, they can't satisfy. Being, I, I've, you know, I've met uh, homecoming kings and queens who are so insecure and suicidal. I've known them. I know very successful people who are not satisfied. So the temptation is live from the outside in. And even here at Life Center, I feel like it's the Wizard of Oz. You know, and they go, and there's, we actually have smoke and lights. And there's cool, you know, worship. Worship is awesome. But God does not want that to be your high watermark. God does not want that to be your crutch. You know, and I, I understand I have my bad days and worship fills me up. But most times, you know what I feel like I'm doing? I feel like I'm taking the worship and I'm going, whoom, let's go even higher. What if the purpose for church was not to get filled up, but to release? And I'm not church bashing, uh, but this place is not God's dream. God can't live in stones but he can live in you who are living stones. This building is not the church. You are the church. You are the mercy seat of God that can dictate all of history. The power is inside of you. Are you aware of it? Do you know the key you have in your pocket? I'm telling you. Listen, God's not doing anything. We're just going to realize what he's like. We're going to come into alignment with truth and we're going to walk it out. And I even want to say this, guys. It's not about having somebody lay hands on you. You realize if you chase a prophet too much that you could actually be dishonoring the glory that's inside of you and living from the outside in in a way where you cannot be satisfied. I've watched people go from conference to conference and get prophetic word after prophetic word after prophetic word, and they never get satisfied because they've never learned to inwardly receive God and feed off him. They never learned relationship. So guys, spectating is the enemy of your destiny. And I just, you know, I want to give you some scripture. Paul, he said this, he said, uh, 
This is the great mystery that's been given to me to preach. You know what it was? Christ in you, the hope of glory. It wasn't the great outpouring. Your great hope is not outside of you. It's inside of you. Eternal life can only be experienced inside. It can't come from the outside. I've watched people come to encounter nights here and get laid out and get fall and shake. But they never change their focus from out here into here. And they kept like they were hitchhiking, waiting for another outpouring. Guys, your purpose for airborne is not to receive, but to release. God does not have a 25-year internship where you learn how to be a Christian. It doesn't need to take that long. I'm telling you, overnight, it can happen. It's about your focus. It's about what you're expecting to do. I, I believe some of the, the wineskin that we're trying to undo is actually coming to church like it's the very source of life itself. It's not. It was never supposed to be. But there's a power in gathering. See, you have to understand that the great governance of God is not just a rule over nations like it's a big chessboard. The great governance and government of God is what's inside of you. And so, it's the internal kingdom. You know, if you, if you come here every Wednesday and your eyes are open the whole time, I'm not, you know, you, my eyes can be open and I could be seeing things inside, but you could be missing it. You could be missing the one who's right in front of you saying, hey, let me in. So it's the internal kingdom. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though the outer man is wasting away, this is what it says, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Now, guys, that word renewed, it doesn't mean like it's Groundhog Day and every day you get up and it's the same thing, like, I'm a Christian. No, that's not what it means. That word renewed, it means progressively increasing day by day. Do you know that glory to glory is an internal reality where more and more of the glory of God you get to understand and know? That satisfaction is what happens internally. And the very glory that David said, I'm going to build the most expensive house in the world to house this, that you can house it within you. That you can shape your life, not looking outwardly, what's going to happen over there, over here, but where it's inwardly, you're saying, God, day by day, you're building the, the largest mansion the world has ever seen within me for you to rest. It says the increase of his government, there will be no end. His government and peace. You know, when Jesus rebuked the storm, he wasn't saying, oh, peace from heaven, go get that storm. No, it was his living relationship with the father and the peace that he had from the inner kingdom. He said, I take this thing inside of me and I go, boom, out there, peace, be still. And it was. Guys, I, I promise every single one of you, that is not beyond you. Do not live through airborne. Live through Jesus. So, it's all about the objective. 
the objective is this, to know him internally and personally. This is how you win. This is how you get, this is how you get ahead. This is how you get satisfied. This is how you get satisfied. You know, it, it, uh, it says in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Really, it's I shall not lack. You know, um, back to this 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, though our outer man is wasting away, our inner is being renewed. Then it says this. So we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. I know so many people, and the only reason they're depressed is because they're, they, they live out of the things that are seen. That's the only reason they're depressed, and you should be depressed. There's no hope in the things that are seen. He did not say, well, how's it going to come? Is it over there? Is it over here? And if you're going to fulfill this invitation that God has for you to walk out of Jesus movement. Guys, you have to learn how to live internally out of the things that are unseen. You know, um, something because it's unseen, it doesn't mean it's not real. Unicorns are unseen. They're not real. I, I said uh, before one time, I, yeah, I don't want to break anybody's heart. I talked about the Easter Bunny and, and Santa Claus, and I hurt some people. So I'm not going to talk about them. But <laughs> I am not saying anything about the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. But I will say, unicorns are not real. They're unseen and not real. But there are things that are unseen and real. It's how you can go to somebody and prophesy to them. It's how you can understand what God's saying to you. Um, remember, I said this. I said, you can't access what you don't know. That the glory that, that defined human history that was sitting above a gold box between two angel wings, that that's inside of you. But you can't access what you don't know. So I want to read. This is a prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians, okay? Learning, and this is about learning to see the unseen. This is about actually being spiritual and not living out of outside circumstance, but internal fountain. This is what it says, Ephesians 3, uh, in the Passion Translation. It says, and I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Do you understand how important personal internal revelation is to you being you? And I feel like God wants to bring a deep shift to this generation where the unseen is more real to them than the seen. It's actually the truth. It says it in Hebrews. All that's here, they call it the shadow realm. You know, that's why you can lay hands on someone who has cancer and a superior realm comes onto that person. If you did that in the name of a unicorn, nothing would happen. You do it in the name of Jesus, something happens. So can you resonate with the temptation to live outside? Man, I sure can. You know when I feel it the most? At a conference. Man, 
I feel it the most. And there's all this God there. But um, anyway, can you see the glory and the wonder and like the jaw-dropping privilege you have to be the very house of God? If you can't appreciate it, guys, it's probably because you can't see it and you have no obligation to be in awe. But I do want to position you to come to a place where you say, God, I want to see the unseen. Do you know how much God loves each one of you and every single person? The issue is that it's unseen. It has to be revealed to you. See, David's inner world of unseen revelation became more real than all the rejection, all the hatred from Saul. It became more real and he overcame. Listen, your way to your future is for your inner world to be more real than your outer world. Eternal life is not a season, it's not a situation, it's not a spiritual gift, it's a person. It's a person who's inviting you into relationship. I'm telling you, the glory of God exploded in my mom's basement. Nothing changed on the outside, but I I began to understand that what he wanted for me was personal encounter. And I changed my aim from going places, and I said, God, come here. I remember, I'm just going to go with this because I'm having this thought, that I, I would, I went to a, a, um, a conference and this guy said, yeah, so what I did is I, I, I wanted to have an encounter with God. So I went into a room and I closed the door and I said, Holy Spirit, come. He said, nothing happened. 15 minutes, half hour, hour, nothing happened. Hour and 15 minutes, nothing happened. An hour and 20 minutes, a spirit entered the room. And I spent three hours with him. He said, the next day I went back and I said, Holy Spirit, come. 45 minutes in, the Holy Spirit came. And then he said, I went back the next day and I said, Holy Spirit, come. And he was there. I heard this testimony. I went home. I laid on my bed and I said, Holy Spirit, come. And I waited and then came on me and I started shaking and crying. I didn't know why I was shaking and crying. Something too deep for words was happening with me. But what I said, I said, for 26 years I suffered and I didn't understand why. And this was why, because I was made for the glory of God. And I began to be a habitation for God himself. This is not an outpouring that God is doing. It's an uprising and it's you, you uprising, Christ in you uprising and you from going from the outside to the inside and being personally Devoted and aware and alive to Jesus. So, it's timeless. Um, you guys are awesome. You're awesome. You know, I just want to say this again. Guys, it's about satisfaction. Most of your friends have never seen anybody who's actually satisfied. They've never seen anybody who actually has learned to live out of the inside and gets to walk in peace. Um, So you don't need to live out of opinions. You don't need to live out of somebody bullying you. God wants to make something more real than your bully. Something more real than your fear. 
Just don't be like the Pharisees saying, God, why don't you come the way I want? Is there somebody I got on keys? Brent, you got that? Someone? Yeah. Cameron, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. God, give double to Cameron. <laughs> Listen, God wants the unseen for you to be more real. I don't want you to ride a high and a low and keep coming back here, letting circumstance dictate you. I want you guys to have a vision for a personal relationship and encounter with God where the unseen becomes more real. You know, there was Elisha's servant. They were surrounded by an army. And he's like, don't you get it? <laughs> he's like, God, open his eyes. And God opened his eyes and he saw these angels that outnumbered the enemies. Do you know that angels walk with you? Are you in touch with the spiritual dimension of heaven that is your inheritance? You're not supposed to be Christian beggars who get touched once in a while. You're to be fountains. He says, out of your belly is going to flow living water. And each one of you, I want you to know Jesus more than anybody in the world. I'm telling you, God is jealous. He wants to encounter you in a greater way than you get here at your, your highest point. He wants to be that real and that personal to you. This is a Jesus movement, not a church movement. We don't worship churches. We don't worship worship. We worship Jesus. Something that supersedes even what's happening here and goes back to your high schools with miracles and signs and wonders. Listen, destiny, is, it's something you agree with. So this is what I want you guys to do. I want you to stand up, okay? <laughs> oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. You know, it's, you know, and part of it's, it's got to be your submission, guys, you know. Sometimes I've watched people get so frustrated and depressed because they want God to change something. But really what they're saying is, I don't want you to change me from the inside. Only if it's the outside where I let it be real. And I just feel like God tonight that he wants to release something to you guys. One, a vision so you know how to get where you're going. But yeah, I just have a question for you. Can you see the unseen? Can you see the invisible? Can you actually see? Can you hear the God who is silent? And can you feel the God who's intangible? I just want you guys to close your eyes. Okay? God could never love you any more than he does right now. He could never have any more hope over you than he does right now. That he has incredible hunger to encounter you. That he, he doesn't want to visit you. He wants to sit down on your heart. He wants to rest in you and he wants to pour out the spirit continually. So just stay in this position. I'm going to pray a, a, just a general prayer. Um, and then I'm going to have the staff 
I believe you guys can get an impartation that this is not just a teaching, that God actually wants to give you something. And Lord, I thank you for releasing a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the unseen would become so visible, so alive, so vibrant, so real, God. And I pray that you would just release habitations in Airborne, God, that Airborne would not be a place where people are waiting for the worship team to do something, God, but there would be just a release in this place of... Um, absolute affection, joy. God, that living waters would flow out of every person who comes here, that people would not lean on airborne, that they would lean on Jesus, God. And I just thank you, God, that you're going to start a fire deep down in their souls, God, that they're going to find their own flame. It's going to be so personal, God, that they're not going to need They're not going to need boyfriends and girlfriends, and I'm not saying you can't have them. That they're not going to need likes on Instagram, God. God, that they're not going to live out of insecurity, that they're going to live out of Jesus in the unseen realm. God, I'm asking for a breakthrough in the lives of each person here, where they become more connected with you than they ever have in their entire life, God. I ask for a Jesus movement. I ask that Jesus would be made manifest in every single heart, God. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, visit airborneyouth.com.